This is Event Masters. Behind the scenes stories, experiences, and lessons shared by the world's leading event experts. Hosted by Christian Napier. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Event Masters of Behind the Scenes Stories, Experiences, and Lessons Learned, shared by the world's leading major event experts. And I'm your host, Christian Napier. As I said, this is the first time we're doing it, and it really brings together two passions of mine, which are storytelling and events, having been involved in this industry since the year 2000. And it's my honor to welcome our very first guest, the guinea pig who, who agreed to do this. And I am so grateful to him, uh, Leonardo Cohen. So Leo, as I call you. But uh, uh, so looking at your bio, just to give the listeners and the viewers uh, uh, a bit of background on you. So you've been in this space, again, for almost as long as I have, uh, you know, two decades as a consultant, as a as a manager, as a leader, operating in the business side of it, the corporate side of it, the sports side of it, uh, and then uh, even public sector in Brazil and also uh, internationally, specializing in planning and delivering large scale events. You have a lot of expertise in events. Uh, planning, strategic planning, business planning, workforce management, technology, knowledge management. And I can attest to all of those. I'm not, I, I'm reading some words here because I don't want to leave things out, but it's not just on paper. He's uh, Leo's the real deal. So he started out at the Editora Abril in Portugal, uh, which was a major publishing company. And this is like back in what, the 1990s, Leo? Was that, uh, that, was a, that was a ways back, right? And then you became the founder of Editech and you transformed it into one of the top 10 companies in its field for creative marketing. Uh, your journey started, and, and we're going to get into details in this a little bit uh, uh, as, we, as we get along here a little bit, but your journey in major events really started with Rio 2007, the Pan American Games in Rio de Janeiro. And since then, you've been involved in all kinds of events, five Olympic bids. Oh, my gosh. Four Commonwealth Games, two FIFA World Cups, uh, two SLS World Skateboarding Championships, and a number of other major projects. And now you serve as the Managing Director of Editech, and you are also, because you don't think you're busy enough, you're also the co-founder and CEO of Block 4 and Matilda Studios. And... I'll probably ask you about those a little bit uh, uh, a little bit later on. And you're also gearing up for a new venture in Europe uh, and super excited for you on that. So everybody, let's give a huge warm welcome to our first, first, first guest, Leo Cohen. Leo, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you very much, Christian. Um, I think you're in a very, you are in a unique position, basically you are one of the few uh the few individuals that uh followed my kind of a startup into the major sports events during the rio uh 2007 pan american games when uh, when we met uh we had the opportunity to to, to work together and um, it was it was quite amazing i think it was my first uh, my first major sports event and i i fell in love with it and um i have to say I think I have a fantastic uh, mentors at the time. 
including you and, and Darren Hughes and Jamie Shaw and even uh, Craig McClatchy when, when you were working at EKS, Event Knowledge Services. Uh, so, and you have been following through almost everything. We have been working together until 2014, 20, 2015, right? We're, we're co-workers. So, Correct. yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because I'm not going to be able to lie <laughs> because you were there and you were managing me above everything. And, uh, and uh, again, and uh, a great, fantastic mentor. So I would take this opportunity to thank you so much for the journey, for helping uh, me out and uh, basically being uh, one, of, one of the persons, a key person that is responsible for what I am uh, today. So truly honored to be here with you today. Well, the honor is mine. And, you know, I'd just like to take this opportunity publicly to say that, Leo, you were one of the few genuinely really, really good people uh, in this business. And, and it is a privilege and an honor for me to know you. And, and I am grateful for your friendship. Why don't we talk a little bit about, uh, well, you, you mentioned it here, getting started with the Rio 2007 Pan American Games. But why don't we dive into that a little bit more? Why don't you tell us just how it was that you got involved with the Rio 2000 Pan American Games and you got started on this crazy event journey? Yeah, it was uh, was quite interesting. Um, so my wife uh, Monique, she was uh, hired uh, to work on the on this project as uh, as an HR uh, person and doing uh, helping with planning and doing uh, recruitment. Um, I end up on being on informal informal events with the, with the team. The the Brazilians are of course some of the some of the consultants uh, from abroad, including including you and others, um, and then uh, what I heard on my side, I was not of course involved, not a lot of detail, is they were trying to uh, improve the overall relationship between the workforce team at the time where my wife was working and then EKS was providing uh, major consulting services, and there were other areas on the Panam Games that EKS was supporting. Uh, and the the technology team. So that's that's what I that's what I heard. We're having issues, etc. Uh, I was happily working on my boring corporate projects. Basically, most of the time working from home, doing remote work with uh, uh, clients in the United States and Portugal, etc. And then one day, my wife said, "Oh, um, uh, you need to come to Rio uh, Rio 2007 because." Uh, uh, Sandro, Sandro Cabetti, he was one of the, was Monique's manager. Uh, he wants, he wants to talk with, with you. He wants to get some advice. And I thought, what kind of advice I can do on, on, on this, on this kind of project? I have zero experience. So I went there. Um, I sat down into the main reception desk, uh, waiting. Then finally, after almost one hour, Sandro called me in and, um, Disclosure was made. I was not there to provide some informal, whatever, recommendations, conversations. It was interesting to hiring me to work uh, with them and uh, be a technology person in within the workforce team as opposed to be into the technology team. So it seems they, they wanted someone to be on the workforce side to better understand and negotiate and discuss um, with the technology team, especially the what we call a games management system or event management system, depending on the on the terminology, Olympic terminology or FIFA 
uh, other sports events technology. So they, they need someone like this because they were not able to, I think, properly understand or, or discuss. And everything was very late. Um, so yeah, I, I ended up accepting uh, the, the, the challenge. I was scared, <clears throat> scared to death. Uh, but I still remember um, having being hired on the same day. I ended up being hired, and and funny enough, uh, it took almost one hour for Sandra to speak with me because he was talking to somebody else. There was another candidate that, that I met on the on the reception that I have no clue who he was. But anyway, I ended up being hired, and that was basically the 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 beginning, the beginning of my journey into major sports events. And just to make sure that we understand the timeline, when you said it was very late, the Pan American Games were delivered in what, July 2007, August 2007 time. So when was it, uh, you just came aboard a few months before? Absolutely, then? Uh, absolutely. So at that time, I, I would say I had no idea what was late or not and how soon or not uh, we, I should be doing or someone should be doing this entire work. Uh, but then, of course, later on, you know, as as you work with other events, uh, you're absolutely right. I think I got hired, if I'm not wrong, either in February or March 2007 to get everything done for the the kickoff of the Pan American Games in in June, July, August. So it was absolutely insane. And of course, as soon as I I arrived and start working on the same day or next day, then I realized the 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 insanity in the good sense of it of that project the, the intense thing so i was dropped in there no experience at all i had to learn not only learn and understand what is a games management system what is an assignment tool a training tool a creation system integration get together uh meet and greet with the technology team and then of course there was a lot of stress between um the the technology team at rio 2007 and the workforce team and I, I always try to kind of a bridge and being into very good standing with, of course, my own team and the technology. So I also try to be very, very there. But it was, uh, it was intense. It was really, really intense. And everything was really late. So not only my arrival was late, but even systems were not yet ready. I think you, you might remember some of the issues we had with the training thing and the assignment tool. We were still struggling to get it done. Um, thanks, we had, of course, a major company behind. It was Atos. Um, uh, that was providing the system to Rio 2007, but they were using some new systems at the time, some web-based solutions that were not at that time were not available. So it was, yeah, it was was quite intense. And on top of all this, I had to manage a team of uh, close to 15 to 20 people. Uh, my 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 fantastic uh, team doing assignment, doing all the stuff into into the system, having to rush to to select, sign volunteers for the for the project well you stepped in admirably in a very very challenging situation you delivered i mean ultimately the games in rio uh, were delivered uh, well in 2007 did you think well that was a fun little uh experiment now i'm going to go back to my boring corporate stuff or did you think hey maybe there may be more opportunities on this event space that are worth pursuing so how did you you know, make this, I don't know if it was a conscious decision, but how did you say, hey, uh, I can go back to doing my regular stuff that I've been doing for years very, very well, very successfully, and or I can also do, I can continue on this event path. You're absolutely right, Christian. Um, 
I think I I faced what I call today the 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 fantastic roadmap of any of all major major events major events major sports events in in this case. So um, if you start you start like this you go you go then you start ramping up on everything activity hiring etc etc and then boom it goes all the way down. I have to say. Um, after Rio 2007, I promised myself, oh my gosh, I will, I don't want to be part of any organizing committee because of, it was so intense and then so depressive because you see the, the demobilization, it has to happen as soon as possible. Every day is money. So you need to fire people, demobilize tear apart everything it's like you disconstruct everything almost in, in record time so it was was very very depressing to see and uh, and everybody goes etc so i think at that time i said hmm i would love to maybe do do it again i'd love to be part of it, this 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 adventure this this uh, those events um i don't think it was a conscious decision per se because as opposed to of course many professionals there that that i met and that i learned a lot with with them uh, I was I was not someone from this 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 world this ecosystem this major sports events. Um, I think in the end I was lucky enough to have been working very close with Event Knowledge Service EKS and you and the team. Uh, then opportunities opportunities uh, were presented that would allow me to kind of follow follow this path. So there was, I remember you guys were working on a few projects at that time. There was the wrapping up Doha 2006, the, the Asian Games. Uh, I remember people flying in and out in there. There was the Delhi 2010 Commonwealth Games. There was the major uh, major new kid on the block for, for AKS. And then there was this conversation. Oh, you know what? We, we, we need, we, we're hiring people maybe to go there. And for whatever reason that I really, really don't know, um, I was... Uh, I was in the end being selected to to help uh, support this event, and that was that was the true start of the of the journey because it could have ended there, and I had no way, I had no knowledge, no connections, no no event experience, but uh, yeah, but then uh, you guys gave me the opportunity to to keep moving on. So, Leo, you had a a lot of opportunities to work in various places around the world doing these events, you know. So you start out in in Brazil, there your home country, but then you're going to places like India, you're going to places like uh, Glasgow, uh, you know Scotland, the UK, you're going to places like Doha in the Middle East, and I'm curious, you know, how do you adjust to all of these different places? Istanbul, you know, there's all these different places that you're working, and did you ever feel like, hey man, I'm a fish out of water, I'm in a totally uh, foreign land where people are speaking different languages, the culture is very different, the food is very different, uh, the the leadership styles, the organizing committees, you know, they they're very different. So I'm curious if you've got any interesting story. I know you have many interesting stories, but do you, do you have any stories that you want to share? You know, about some of these uh, really different, incredible places where you had opportunity and still have opportunity. Uh, to work in this crazy career. Yeah, you you are right. I think that's a good uh, that's a good assessment. Uh, my my first my first uh, deployment uh, outside of Brazil for sports events was in New Delhi in India. Um, 
it was very unique for me, my first time in India. I guess because of my previous personal experiences living uh, abroad, so I lived for 12 years, uh, 10 to 12 years in Portugal, uh, United States, etc. That, of course, helped a little bit, uh, being more receptive to understand, of course, the, 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 the differences, etc. Of course, India is not Brazil, India is not Portugal, India is not the United States or any other location I have, I have been. Um, so it's, it's always very challenging. And I think in the end, it's all about how well um, you are able to not only support yourself into those locations, but also uh, in the overall, the overall environment. In, in my particular case, because I was not uh, working for the, for the Delhi 2010 organizing committee, for the Commonwealth Games, I was working as a consultant for. So there was a, there was another layer. I think that layer helped because most of the people that was with me there I already knew from the Rio 2007 uh, project, and of course I met many other many other uh, fantastic people. So I think the first one was most I think the most difficult one, and then I guess we just uh, we just go with uh, we just go with the flow. Um, there are sometimes what I'm what I'm trying to say is not that you are you are gonna be okay and perfectly fine etc. And you have everywhere. Uh, I worked I worked in India. I worked in Poland. I worked in uh, in Scotland. I worked in the in Hungary, um, uh, in Turkey, at Switzerland, and many other locations in uh, recently uh, in Doha in Qatar. Um, so it's not uh, it's really not easy. It's really not easy. There are, there are, there are a lot of uh, challenges and and funny funny stories as well. There there are many funny, funny things. I remember in, uh, in Istanbul, that was one of the most fantastic projects ever. So it was Istanbul 2020 Olympic bid. Um, of course, we were surrounded by fantastic Turkish co-workers and colleagues and friends, I have to say. And um, uh, a lot of them, of course, are Muslims. So the beauty about Istanbul and people there is I was able to, so of course, there was Ramadan, a celebration of Ramadan uh, that we all we all respect. But there was always an opportunity for me to to make little little jokes with them. For example, sitting with my my Turkish colleagues, and of course they were they were doing um, they're they doing the the, the the fasting, and then from time to time was getting a little bottle of water and open. Oh, this is this is so delicious, so tasteful. Do, do you do you want this? And they're laughing, etc., etc. But then in in in, uh, in Doha, Qatar, it's different. In Doha, Qatar, uh, and I, 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 you know, you need to be always very careful to to respect, of course, different cultures, not to, to sound. And of course, we're close. We're close to to those those colleagues in in Istanbul. Uh, in Doha, Qatar, it was different. Different environment. There were different rules. And there, if you're not very close with the person, it's really very disrespectful to the point of during Ramadan. If uh, if you're doing a video conference or, of course, on a meeting, you should really never eat or drink in front uh, of them. They're 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 doing the they're doing the fasting, so you need to be careful. So I think being able to understand and respect uh, the differences and behave properly, it's it's key when working with different different locations. Yeah, uh, you you mentioned that, and it reminds me of the the good old story uh, when I was in Doha 2006, and and Mario's uh, Vortzis uh, 
um, walked out of a gym with a water bottle uh, near the end of Ramadan uh, or the end of the day, I should say. I'll let him tell that story. And and it's true. And sometimes, you know, I was guilty of, of inadvertently being disrespectful. I didn't mean to. I remember one time uh, someone who had worked Sydney and Salt Lake came to work for Doha. And I was so excited to see her. I gave her a hug and uh, I was reminded that that's not that's not what you do here. Yeah. And I, and and I, you know, I had let I had let my guard. I forgot, and I felt really, really bad that I had acted uh, uh, disrespectfully. And so, I really appreciate you bringing that up. When it comes to Istanbul, you know, you you got to tell the story of you and. Uh, oh no, it was Kai. That was Kayo's story. Kayo and Pranav in the taxi, right? That was Kayo's story in the taxi. I'll, I'll ask Kayo uh, uh, to share that one. Um, I am curious, though. You mentioned, uh, you know, sometimes you were there with a firm like EKS uh, Consulting. Sometimes you were hired directly by the organizing committee. And I, I am curious to get your take on, you know, things that that you did after hours or off the clock to help build the team. You know, sometimes you're there maybe in in uh, in in Doha, for, in Qatar. Uh, there are a lot of Brazilians working and there are things that you can do together. Uh, other times, maybe you're in Istanbul and you're doing a lot of things with the locals, uh, you know, the, our, 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 our Turkish friends. So were there certain things that you or certain stories or experiences you remember of doing things um, off the clock, after hours, on the weekends, you know, excursions with uh, with others that you work with? That's yes, that's correct. I think, and th those two examples are are interesting because they were uh, long projects, as to say, the the, the project in Turkey. So, um, for you, for example, I, I believe the Istanbul 2020 started in 2011, maybe even some preparations before about proposing overall discussions, and then of course there was boots on the ground in 2011 and uh, 12, all the way to 13, when the the IOC made the final decision in Buenos Aires. Um, I I got deployed in 2012 in Istanbul, and I was almost almost two years of very very intense uh, project. And uh, I I remember um, we were there most of the time on the ground. It was very intense. We had to be there with some uh, some breaks, like flying back in my case to Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. Um, and then Doha, Qatar is the same. So there was a certain point in time. I was finally deployed on the ground um, in the 2021st, all the way to a few months, a uh, few months ago. So there are very similarities on the overall, on the overall uh, time frame on the ground. And it, for me, sometimes you, you really need some some time to get to know people, get more you know more comfortable with them, and then create your your own professional relationship. Where sometimes it's only a professional relationship. And of course, a professional plus uh, personal relationship. Uh, in Istanbul, it was interesting because I was I was deployed as um, as a consultant through uh, EKS, and uh, we had not only EKS personnel on the ground, and I would say the majority of them I already knew or heard about, um, plus the fantastic uh, Turkish team. The Turkish team was absolutely fantastic. I keep saying everywhere I go. They were absolutely fantastic. I would recommend all of them to work into anything, anywhere in the planet because they were super nice. And yes, they were very supportive, 
not only during the work, work normal work time, but also doing uh, activities from going organizing, running the, the, the Istanbul Marathon, uh, traveling. I end up traveling with some of my colleagues to, to um, what was the... Ah, I'm going to render. Anyway, we did, we did travel. We did a lot of stuff, uh, lunch, dinners, weekend events. So it's really, really, really fantastic. It's not only with our, our own EKS team, but also with, uh, with, uh, with the Turkish team. Um, in Doha, was almost the same. Uh, Doha is quite unique because the, the amount of uh, foreigners there is really, really huge. Uh, there are many Brazilians there, a lot of Brazilians. But uh, I ended up, I guess, uh, doing more stuff, within, I think, with the non-Brazilians. I had um, one Brazilian, I think Gianni. Gianni was, I think, the only Brazilian on my team. Everyone else, I had the, the Egyptians, the Lebanese, uh, the Syrians, everywhere. Um, and it was just, just fantastic. So it was a fantastic team over there. And it was nice um, to, to be with them. And because of, because of my, my father's Egyptian uh, <laughs> heritage, he's Egyptian, originally from Egypt. So it was always, always easy for me to, to, to blend and talk to, to, the, to the people from the Middle East because they would see, oh, okay, you know, my father's from Egypt, so I'm, in the end, I'm Egyptian, etc. cetera. Uh, but I, had, uh, I, I did great, great friends. And in Doha, Qatar, we did a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff, a lot of activities, even more than, uh, than in Istanbul. And it's important. It's, it's quite, quite important to do that. So if you look back at your more than 15 years now uh, since you started in Rio 2007, You've done a lot of things. You've accomplished a lot. But what would you consider to be your proudest achievement? Three, three things, three, three of them. I don't know how I can position them. Uh, the first one was in Istanbul. The Istanbul, the work we did, and particularly one item that we delivered. And when, when we say we, I mean you and myself, of course, others, was the, the mixed reality interface uh, tabletop system, that fantastic, insane <laughs> thing with the tangible objects on the, on the desk and uh, immersive thing, 3D, etc., etc. Especially because in the end, it was really, really successful. The way we were able to, or the, the Istanbul 2020 team, of course, to demonstrate and explain the overall master plan of the project but also because it was really cutting edge uh, technology. And last but not least, because besides I think you, nobody believed that thing would work. They all are, no, no, let's use this or that. But we, we believe, we followed through and we, we got it done. The second moment was, uh, and that was really, really tough, during the EKS uh, rebranding. The EKS rebranding was a project led by you and I was supporting. And it was, in the end, when it was done, I was like, oh my gosh, we, 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 we made it. Because, of course, we are not branding creative people per se, but it was evident that we were able to lead the project with fantastic work by Dupla Design in Brazil, Ney and Claudia and the entire team, and convincing, convincing, <laughs> I think that was the, the most difficult thing, to get Craig McClatchy, the CEO of, of EKS, to let it go, 
the, the, the branding that we all loved and it was, was done in the, in the past and to get the new one was quite interesting. And it was a total, total, total different approach. I think you remember. I think it was so modern. Even ourselves are like, oh, my gosh, Craig will never get this approved. And we made it and, and he approved. And I think last but not least, um, in Doha, so more recently in Doha, um, when I when I was about to join the the, the team on the ground, um, I I got a I got a call uh, from my managers uh, Theo Theodor Babarutsis and Flavia Flavia Pons, the volunteer manager, were discussing deployment. Oh, you know, um, we we have uh, we have some news for you. So yeah, oh yeah. Unfortunately, one of our team members uh, resigned. I said, "Oh, that's that's bad." And this was in January, January 2022. So less than one year until event time. And the person in question was, of course, a major team member responsible for the for the workforce management system. Uh, I was doing I was doing a paid staff workforce systems and support and workforce planning with Marius with Marius Wartzis. He was. He was my boss over there when I was working uh, at that time. Uh, and then the, the thing was like, oh, can you, do you think you can um, you can replace the person? Well, I'm not going to replace. I think people are not replaceable. But yeah, okay, I'll do my I'll do my best. And then like a Steve Jobs moment. Oh, and one one more thing. So what? Yeah, another person resigned. I said, oh, what? Yeah, another person. And that was the systems person doing the entire stack of all the development integrations between all the all the event management systems that FIFA was doing in Doha. And the reasons they were, and they're still designing on the stack of applications. So many things were custom developed or procured at the time. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I, I thought, and I scratched my nose on the video conference that, okay, I think, okay, I, I think I can do it. So um, in the end, it went extremely well, not, not, not only because of me, but I think mostly because of the fantastic team I had there. Um, and uh, we also had a great opportunity to do uh, innovation things over there uh, that are not usually something you can do on those events. But FIFA was going through a very special moment about selecting new systems and tools. And I think we took the opportunity in a good way to test things uh, on the ground, to better manage volunteers and provide engagement for them, and it worked very, very well. And then the the, the team there was very, very happy, very supportive, uh, and for me, that's I think that's the most important thing that people are happy, are delivering the best, and in the end, um, yeah. So I think those are the three. There are many other things, of course, in between, but I think I would I would highlight those three. So I just have to say. Uh, congratulations on your many successes. I know those are three of many that I have witnessed and, and been a part of with you. And as you have mentioned uh, on multiple occasions, none of that stuff was easy. Like, even starting back from the Rio 2007 days, you know, that was a, those were challenging. And I would say every project that you've probably been on has had its own set of challenges. And so as you look back over your career and events up to this point, uh, what would you consider to be the biggest challenge that you faced? Biggest challenge that I faced and that I I consider as a as a failure uh, was definitely the 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 FIFA World Cup in Brazil 2014. I was not able to to deliver to go all the way through the project until 2014. I left the project in 20, uh, 2012, 
and uh, so I was I was with EKS um, when I joined the the 2014 project. Uh, I was kind of a let go uh, on a temporary basis for the project, and then I would kind of uh, come back to EKS. That return ended up happening in 2012, and that's exactly why I got deployed uh, in Istanbul for the Istanbul 2020 bid. Um, it was a very challenging situation, not because of technological issues. I think uh, that was okay. Yes, it's again, I was I was a general manager of technology information management for for the 2014 project. And it's it's not easy at all. Even with all the support, all the experience from many many stakeholders, from FIFA at the time, from Match and Match IT, there's still many things to do. But the personal relationships that was what uh, killed me. I definitely I was not able to properly manage those relationships. Um, even that sometimes it's not only about what you do, but about what you do jointly with others. And uh, it, it reached a point that was not sustainable. So I left, and I left not in very good standing. I, I left with people with issues uh, with me, not happy, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and, and vice versa. Um, funny enough, ironically enough, this was there was a pause about those relations for almost ten years when. I finally got into uh, into the into the Qatar 2022 project, and then I got to be again with the same same of the people from from the, the past. Uh, it was quite intense in the very beginning. We were struggling, and we had uh, there were issues, but in the end, I'm I, I'm very 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 happy that uh, all those differences were set aside. Uh, I'm not saying we're now best buddies, best whatever, but I think we we resolve the situation. Uh, in a way that I think it's 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 appropriate, and you know, and to the point that we even go and we're playing paddle <laughs> together in Doha, Qatar. So I'm very happy, but it was was very difficult. It was very difficult, especially with the feeling that things were not properly closed. There was no closure. It was this thing and this situation, and then a lot of people, common people. So it was very uncomfortable. So I think that was the the biggest challenge, and it took ten years. Ten years to uh, get it resolved. So that's my recommendation. And I keep telling people, don't leave those things. Don't, don't, don't leave those things behind. It will come back. It will definitely bite you. Whatever. It's a professional thing. Uh, don't get, get things, if possible, sorted out. Well, uh, that kind of leads me into my last set of questions here. Uh, you you just gave some what I think is some really sage advice, uh, really good advice to people, no matter where they are in their career. But if there's someone who is just thinking about getting started out in events, you know they 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 may there may be an opportunity. There's an event that's coming in their hometown, uh, and they're thinking about getting involved, and they're thinking about potentially pursuing events as a career. Uh, what would your advice be to them? First of all, I think. Um... We definitely need to love what we do. Uh, doing doing major events, in this case, major sports events, it's not for everyone. There are a lot of people that, uh, yes, they go, there's an opportunity, usually because it's something local. So I really don't see many people on its first ever assignment 
uh, a Brazilian that just got hired to be all the way to Doha, Qatar, doing doing this. Usually, I don't think this this happens. Um, so it happens locally. Um, and what some what sometimes what happens is the person do do one event, this is it, and then go back. They go back to a normal, let's say, a corporate world. So first of all, try to identify if it, this is something that you really love doing because it's it's quite unique. Again, it's quite. Remember in the beginning. The, the, the curve, the, the graph of death, it goes and then boom, it dies. So it's not, it, this is not for someone, especially because, of course, it's a temporary thing. So what is this person going to do? Is this person going to adjust, adapt, excel, shy, and, and have opportunities to keep going? Or we'll say, mm, get scared and go back to a normal, uh, a normal medium to long-term job. I think that's the first answer. If the person loves it, Go ahead. Try to try to um, try to improve yourself. Try to uh, be with 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 the best. Try to identify who are the best people. Try to learn, learn, learn. Uh, be humble. I'm always humble. I keep saying uh, my last big project in Doha, Qatar. If not by my team, I would never be able to deliver that project. It was a fantastic team. I think one of one of the best. One of the best. Those are the ones I would. Bring them with any any project. I know they will be able to do uh, any change. They are now and, and the, the 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 proof of this. They are all now moving on into different projects. Most of them into major sports projects. What is for me is not a is not a surprise. But try to um, try to try to learn. Try to go above and beyond. We keep <laughs> we keep saying this the above and beyond. I think that's from the I think it was the crackle twenty twenty two bit. Uh, does the EKS motor above and beyond? Um, yeah. Anyway, I think the biggest thing is to feel if it's something for you. It's it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. Some people might need a more stable thing. I'm not able to keep going into into this. And even myself, again, doing uh, after 2007, I promised myself I'll never do this again. As EKS, I was never doing that because it was a constant flow of projects. I was not really affected by Istanbul closing down. Krakow closing down, Commonwealth Games, Delhi, Glasgow, et cetera, et cetera, because there was constant different projects. But then uh, in 2014 for the World Cup and then in Doha, Qatar, I, the same feeling occurred again. But I think I was a bit better, better prepared. All right. Two last questions here. Well, I might, well, I don't know. I could throw, I'll, I'm going to give one last question and I'm going to have a bonus question. It might, it might surprise you. So. <laughs> Uh, here's, here's one that was on our list of questions that I, that we had in the email and stuff before. Uh, and that's, if you had a chance to do it all over again, what, if anything, would you do differently? Uh, definitely if I, if I could redo it again, uh, 2014, the World Cup in Brazil, 2014, because that's was a unique opportunity I had to, on a very harsh and diff diff difficult environment, because there was issues and there were not issues that I, I was I created. They were already there about different different teams, different leaderships there struggling. Um, I lost the opportunity to to really understand how to not take sides, trying to 
and let me steal our uh, one of our taglines for uh, for Istanbul 2020 bridge together i massively failed to bridge together i burned the bridges i burned the bridges others burned bridges so uh relationships are absolutely absolutely key there's no way absolutely no way you can you can proceed into anything um without that so i would definitely redo if i had the opportunity um yeah but maybe if i did well i would probably miss the opportunity to do the istanbul 2020 bid because i would locked into that project until 2014 i would have lost uh krakow 2022 istanbul 2020 um and many other <laughs> glasgow 2014 so sometimes we don't know sometimes uh, those things happens uh and that's another recommendation believe believe on you if something really really bad really not nice happens it always has a reason it always has a reason you will see one day you understand i think now i understand i had to go through that experience to be able to be a better a better manager a better professional a better everything and i and i'm very thankful uh for that event but i would redo i'll definitely redo that <laughs> all right my final question for you leo and i appreciate you so much because you very very patiently answered so many of my questions and but this one is a bit of a surprise one because i didn't have an list of questions and it's really what i call it's about the goosebump moment you know it's that moment in your career where uh Anytime you think about that, when you reflect on it, it just makes you feel really good inside, you know? So uh, it could be anything. And you know, for me, I've had several of those goosebump moments from seeing Olympic rings on the mountain in Salt Lake City during the 2002 games, all lit up and beautiful, to uh, going to Switzerland for the first time and seeing the French Alps across the lake from Lake Geneva, to uh, walking on the beach in the morning in Rio. Uh, you know, there's so many of these, uh, these, uh, these moments that just are very heartwarming for me. And I'm curious in your experience, you know, as you reflect back on your long career, you know, uh, are there one or two moments that really stand out for you as, as, you know, quote unquote goosebump moments where, you know, anytime you think about those moments, um, it just makes you feel really good inside. Uh, yes, um, one is still very, very fresh in my memory. It's not related to um, any anything related to the events itself, the events uh, per se, or anything that I that I usually do, like going for a run or gym, etc. It was uh, in Doha, in Doha, Qatar, when uh, after uh, my opinion, very successful workup. Um, we had this uh, this team uh, meeting, and um, when I thought about that was ending, um, I almost uh, I almost was teared apart, uh, trying to say to my team um, how great they were, how fantastic, and how I would miss them. It was it was a very 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 emotional thing. And I was I was kind of a surprise because I was not I was not expecting myself to be emotional about this about talking to my 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 colleagues my team etc. Um, as opposed to going to the opening match of the World Cup or going to an Olympic opening ceremony, those were nice things or an opening uh, ceremony for the Rio 2007 as well or or Delhi 2010 many many of those ceremonies that I watched. But I think 
um, for me, the, the individuals are the most precious uh, things and everything else is a sub product of the, the relationship, the bound. And I think it was really, really sad and emotional because I, I don't know, I, I had no idea when I was going to uh, see them again uh, or work with them again. So I think that that's one of those moments. And uh, every time I remember that, I really, I really still get emotional. Um, the second one, the second one was definitely uh, getting a call <laughs> when I when I got the the call from Jamie and Darren from EKS saying that oh um, yeah how are we doing so how how do you feel how do you feel uh, going for Delhi and that thing was dragging for so long because you know how those things are there are contracts there are things etc cetera, etc cetera. so I thought they were joking. And I said, yeah, of course, why not? Uh, why maybe next week? <laughs> and Jamie said, no, no, well, not next week, but the, the other week. And I thought, oh, my gosh, she, she, she's not joking. She's serious. And at that, that exactly day, I accepted an offer for a, for, a, for a work in a company in Rio. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? So, but the feeling about... People calling you and giving you, of course, say, hey, you were selected. Get your things, get our things together. You were going to dispatch you. And for me, it was was, was really expecting because it would be a, and it was, of course, a fantastic experience going to India, work on a total different environment. And uh, when I remember this, it was, uh, I, yeah, it was, was cool. It was really, really cool. All right. Well, Leo, you've done amazing things in this event space. And I know there's more to come. I mentioned at the beginning, as if we were going through your bio here, you've also got other uh, amazing things going on. Block 4, Matilda Studios, uh, new things happening in Europe. So why don't you give us an update on some of the other cool stuff that you're working on? <laughs> That's true. And I think uh, it, it's interesting to see. I think, the, again, going back to do things that you love. I love doing major sports events so much that I got addicted. So I want to do... Uh, I want to do, I will do, I'll keep doing. Even that, yes, there are other projects. Uh, I, I don't think I'll be able to keep doing sports events for the next, I don't know, maybe 30 years. I'm going to be on a wheelchair, uh, very old. But anyway, I'll do for as long as I can, for as long as people still need. Um, Block 4 is one of those initiatives laying down the future uh, long term. So uh, Block 4 is, uh, we we. We call that as a fun tech thing. So we use we use technology, blockchain, Web three, uh, digital collectibles, NFTs to create um, digital digital experiences based on this. Um, and Matilda Studios, named after my daughter dog Matilda, it's a Scottish kid here, is a Web three gaming company. So we do games uh, that are also Web three uh, and usually licensing existing titles and converting them into the Web3 uh, and blockchain uh, ecosystem. Well, and then you've got Editech still going as well. And uh, and then you've got future adventures uh, on more events coming up. And, and uh, so it sounds to me like things are just going fantastic for you, okay. Leo. And congratulations on your continued success. And I guess to wrap it up, 
you know, if people want to learn more about the amazing things that you're doing, or if they want to uh, connect with you in, a, in any way, what's the best way for people to reach out and uh, contact you? Uh, I would say I think uh, LinkedIn might be the maybe the easiest way. I'll be more than happy, of course, to answer any anything, any questions, whatever they want to do and to do about experience events, uh, and freely reach me out on on LinkedIn. Just look for my profile, Leonardo Cohen. I don't think there are many, but then uh, if if you look, when you see the profile, you're gonna see the World Cup in Doha, uh, EKS, a World Cup in Brazil. That's that's me. All right. Fantastic. Well, Leo, thank you so much for your time uh, being so generous with us today and also being the guinea pig for the first episode of Event Masters. Thank you so much for joining me and listeners and viewers. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, please like and subscribe to our humble podcast and we'll catch you again soon. Thank you, Christian. An honor to be here and uh, very happy to be the first uh, and maybe last guinea pig. And I hope I passed the test. I hope people enjoy the conversation. I hope I can contribute to the fantastic uh, project we'll be doing. And let it be all the others, all the other fantastic people that you'll be, you'll be talking to.